back everybody it's the we don't want to grow up podcast that is stacy that's pete what we doing this week well a few episodes ago we talked about our favorite best friends from 80s movies so it only felt right to now talk about our favorite best friends from 90s movies all right well i'm excited i'm gonna go first all right my first one is lloyd and harry (laughs) from dumb and dumber mock yeah ing yeah bird yeah 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 mockingbird don't everybody have you heard this came out in 1994 starring of course jim carrey and jeff daniels and harry and lloyd are two really good friends who also happen to be really dumb and dumber (laughs) and dumber (laughs) it's really just a story about their trip across the country trying to get to Aspen, Colorado. We gotta get out of this town! Yeah, and go where? Where are we gonna go? Someplace warm. A place where the beer flows like wine. Where beautiful women instinctively flock like the salmon of Capistrano. I'm talking about a little place called Aspen. Because they have to return a briefcase full of money to somebody. The gorgeous Mary Swanson. And of course, along that way, there's lots of funny things that happen. I'll never forget their scooter scene. It's one of the funniest scenes in film to me. That's what I always think of when I think of Dumb and Dumb. I gotta, I gotta stop. We're going to the bathroom. Just go, man. Oh. That's really warm. But I loved this movie. What I did find out was that according to the Farrelly brothers, Jeff Daniels wasn't who they wanted in the film, but Jim Carrey really wanted him in it. So they offered him like 50 grand for the role, which was, I guess, very low Mm -hmm. in the hopes that he wouldn't take it. He accepted straight away, didn't try to renegotiate. (laughs) Even his agent said, this film is going to kill your career, but it ended up being his most successful. My first one is Sharon Dion from Clueless. Hey, Sharon. Dion and I were both named after great singers of the past who now do infomercials. Alicia Silverstone, Stacey Dash, 1995. I was sold on their friendship when Cher was introducing her to the audience by saying, she's my friend because we both know what it's like to have people be jealous of us. (laughs) I just like how they always had each other's backs. They were always honest with each other and they have the best fashion sense probably of any of these others on my list. Yeah, I could agree with that. (laughs) No offense to anyone else. Nah. Good. All right, my next one. Agent J and Agent K from Men in Black. Nineteen ninety seven, Will Smith, Tommy Lee Jones. It's of course the adventures of two agents known as the Men in Black who keep an eye on all of the aliens in New York City. And I really liked the interplay between the two of them. You know, after the movie got going, Tommy Lee Jones plays that straight man so well. And Will Smith just does what he does. And Mm -hmm. it's just, I love that film. And I love the both of them and their interactions in it. What I found out was Will Smith had back-to-back number one Fourth of July weekend hits Ah. in the 90s. 1996, Independence Day, and then this one the next year. 
And this is still the all-time highest grossing action buddy comedy of all time. Rush Hour 2 got close in 2001, 22 Jump Street comes in next in third place, and then Men in Black 2 and Men in Black 3 are fourth and fifth on the list. (laughs) What I also didn't know was the Men in Black theme song was Will Smith's first solo hit. Oh, without DJ Jazzy Jeff. Yep. The song was featured on both the film soundtrack, which sold more than three million copies, and Will Smith's debut album, Big Willie Style. And it also won a Grammy for Best rap solo performance next on my list is Romeo and michelle from Romeo and michelle's high school reunion okay so i have nothing to wear we don't even have time to make anything new before we go out well what about this did you lose weight actually i have been trying this new fat-free diet i invented all i've had to eat for the past six days are gummy bears jelly beans and candy corns god i wish i had your discipline you stole this one from me I never would have guessed that you would want to choose them. I didn't know you've even seen this movie. I have. Mira Servino and Lisa Kudrow play Romeo and Michelle. This movie is just really based around their friendship. So how could I not choose them? It shows that romantic relationships aren't the only love stories to be told. That's true. That's a good point. You know, together they have a super fun life. They start to question everything, though, when it's time to go to their 10-year high school reunion. And they want to pretend like they're something they're not. That they're more successful, serious business women, you know, all of that. And they're in it together. They're playing along. But in the end, they give each other the freedom and the comfort to be who they are. They break out their iridescent dresses. Iconic dresses. Yes. And perform the most amazing dance routine. To time after time with Sandy Frank because Michelle won't dance without Romy. She's like, only if Romy can dance with us. Sure. I love it. It's so good. Very good. All right. My next one, Jimmy Conway and Tommy DeVito in Goodfellas. As far back as I could remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. Nineteen ninety, so right on the cusp here. But you know, they're just two gangster buddies who robbed and murdered their way up the ladder. As you do, as you do. Of course, they were always out having a good time, partying. Though Tommy always ended up getting angry and usually killing someone. You can let this f-ing punk get away with that. What's the matter? What's the world coming to? <laughs> world is coming to any like that how's that all right what's the matter with you what's the matter with you what are you stupid or what and what's scary about that is this is a movie that's based on reality it's based on the stories of henry hill who the movie is actually about and they were they were all friends with henry hill he says that joe pesci's portrayal of tommy was about 90 to 99 percent accurate except the fact that the real tommy was massive and you know joe pesci is tiny right So Al Pacino was offered the role of Jimmy Conway, but it, of course, went to Robert De Niro. He turned it down because he didn't want to be typecast. (laughs) Now, that same year, Pacino ended up playing an even more stereotyped gangster, big boy Caprice in Dick Tracy. And so Pacino admits that he actually regrets the decision of not taking that role. Yeah. Next for me is 
Savannah, Robin, Bernadine, and Gloria from Waiting to Exhale. Everyone falls in love sometimes. Sometimes it's wrong and sometimes it's right. Played by Whitney Houston, Layla Rashawn, Angela Bassett, and Loretta Devine. In this, it's like there's so much going on in all of their love lives and, you know, the work stresses and things like that. And it's just nice to see that at the end of the day, these strong female friendships are still there and can carry you through all the other BS. And also, this was one of my favorite movie soundtracks of all time. Is it? I listen to that all the time. Hmm. So good. I mean, if you have Whitney Houston involved, you know it's going to be a good one. Yeah, absolutely. And Babyface like put it together. So. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. All right, next for me. Craig and Smokey from Friday. You know it ain't no stopping all the dogs I'm dropping. It's Friday night, so everything is... Came out in 1995, starring Ice Cube and Chris Tucker. Craig, played by Ice Cube. Yeah, he's a decent dude who just can't resist peer pressure. He's got his pal Smokey, played by Chris Tucker, who is a lovable guy, but just a bad influence on Craig. <laughs> and Smokey spends a whole film trying to evade Big Worm because he owes him money. And together they spend one long Friday sitting on the front porch just chilling while trouble finds them over and over and over again. And you see, you know, like Craig's got a good family and they're pretty funny. Like his dad is really funny. His mom's funny. Like he's just got really good interactions with his family. And Chris Tucker is really hilarious. Mm -hmm. And he actually improvised a lot of his lines in the movie, which is really impressive to me. I love that. Ice Cube and, and director F. Gary Gray said they modeled this movie on Clerks. Oh. So I'd have to go back and watch this like to back see. Like back to back. We, yeah. we have watched Clerks recently. I wonder if it's just because Clerks takes place over one day. Right. You know, and then all this craziness comes to them at the store. And he's like, I wasn't even supposed to be here today. I wasn't supposed to be here. <laughs> at one point in the movie, Craig pours himself a gigantic bowl of cereal mm -hmm. and that cereal is captain crunch he's a man <laughs> after my own heart next for me is thelma and louise from thelma and louise another one you stole from me i already had it written down <laughs> by the way again another one i thought you've never seen uh, I've never seen this one all the way through. And yet you were going to choose them. Yeah, I just remember how good of friends they were right at the end. <laughs> well, you got that right. So it's Gina Davis and Susan Sarandon, 1991. It just starts out as an adventurous road trip to get Thelma away from her controlling husband, who's Christopher McDonald. Uh -huh. And it turns into a run from the law and the two sticking together and driving off a cliff. To avoid prison. What were they going to go to prison for? Do you remember? Murder. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, Louise shot and killed a man that was trying to rape Thelma oh, wow. outside a bar. We should cover this one. Yeah. It's a great movie. I loved it. Plus, it was my introduction to Brad Pitt. Oh, I forgot he was in it. I didn't. He's pretty tiny, though, isn't he, at that point? <laughs> He's not ripped at all. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Next up, I have Bodie and Johnny Utah. From Point Break. Yes, I love Point Break. 
1991, Patrick Swayze, who has sadly passed away, and Keanu Reeves. Two of the best names in a movie by far, Bodie and Johnny Utah. Yes. So Johnny Utah is an FBI agent. He was actually a college football like quarterback, like a star college football quarterback. He injured his knee, I believe. And so he joins the FBI. He goes undercover to catch a gang of surfers who the FBI thinks are also bank robbers. And that's where he meets Bodie and gets drawn into the surfer lifestyle. And it's just a really solid buddy film for part of it where these two form this friendship, but it's, you know, there's a lot of tension there. And then eventually, you know, they're not friends anymore ish. I did find out though, that Patrick Swayze was actually an accomplished skydiver and took part in the big skydiving scene. Ah. There's an uncut shot of Bodie yelling, adios amigo, and then falling from the plane. I know it's hard for you, Johnny. I know you want me so bad it's like ass in your mouth, but not this time. Adios amigo. And that's actually Patrick Swayze making that jump. He had to agree for insurance not to do any other skydiving during filming. I guess what was going on in the background when he wasn't on the call sheet, Swayze and a bunch of the other guys would actually go skydiving. (laughs) They'd get the plane, the gear, and they'd just go skydiving when they weren't supposed to be doing that. Such a rebel. Such a rebel. So next, I chose Sam, Teeny, Roberta, and Chrissy from Now and Then. From 1995, Roberta is played by Rosie O'Donnell, and the younger version is played by Christina Ricci. Sam is played by Demi Moore, and the younger version is Gabby Hoffman. Tina Teeny Tercel is played by Melanie Griffith and Thor Birch. And then Chrissy DeWitt Williams is played by Rita Wilson and Ashley Aston Moore, who sadly passed away in 2007. Oh, wow. Yeah. I just love this because they're lifelong friends, and I love when you get to see them as adults and then they tell their story through flashbacks yeah i feel like we are circling this one like we are going to cover yeah we've this talked one. about it a good bit yeah i can't wait to watch it because i don't think i've ever seen it oh it's really good and it's really great casting i feel like they mm-hmm. did a really good job casting the little girls that were great actors but they also look a lot like their older counterparts i gotcha all right next up for me red and andy from the shawshank redemption 1994 tim robbins and morgan freeman It's funny, it was not successful in the theater at all, but... Really? Yeah, when it got released on video, the production company, I can't remember if it was Warner or Fox, ordered like 350,000 copies of it, which at the time was super high, and it went on to become a huge success in the rental market and has gained traction since then. Didn't it win a bunch of awards and stuff? Um, I don't think it actually won anything, but it got nominated. Quite a bit. It's considered a fantastic movie. I think one of the top 100 of all time. People always talk about it. Yeah. So it chronicles the experiences of a former banker who's now an inmate in the Shawshank prison. He was found guilty of a crime that he actually didn't commit. I think it was the murder of his wife. So it just portrays Andy, played by Tim Robbins, 
his unique way of dealing with his new torturous life. And along the way, he meets Red, who's another long-term inmate there, and they become really good friends. So Stephen King considered this to be one of his favorite film adaptations that's based on his work. Uh-huh. And this was also Morgan Freeman's first time narrating a movie. Really? Yeah. Which he's famous for that now. Absolutely. This was the first one. I love listening to him talk. Okay. So we have a big group here. A club, if you will. It's Christy, Marianne, Dawn, Stacy, Claudia, Jesse, and Mallory of the Babysitter's Club. You can always count on me. TV show in 1990 and the movie in 1995. Different casts for both. Mm. So I'm not going to list them because we'll be here all day. I've talked about this before, but I love the books by Anne M. Martin. And even though by the time the movie came out, I was like 16, I still watched it. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> like I didn't go to the theater or anything, but I've just always loved those friendships and just how wholesome it all was while they were coming of age. I just really love it. I I guess it's very nostalgic for me. just makes me feel like I'm a kid again. I don't know if I've ever watched the movie. We talked about it before. I've read a lot of the books. Mm -hmm. But I think I might have been too old for the movie if it came out in 1995. Yeah, you were a senior in high school. That doesn't mean that I didn't watch it. We'll have to go (laughs) check it out and see if I remember it at all. (laughs) All right, next up for me, Wayne and Garth from Mm -hmm. Wayne's World. That's all the time we have for this week. Until then, good night. Party on, Wayne. Party on, Garth. It's Wayne's World! Wayne's World! Party time! Excellent! 1992, Mike Myers and Dana Carvey. What I love about Wayne and Garth is that they just get each other. Mm-hmm. Humor-wise, their weirdness, they just really get each other and are always having a good time together. So I found out the studio wanted to use a Guns N' Roses track instead of Bohemian Rhapsody. Really? Yeah, but Mike Myers fought for that song. He even threatened to quit the production if he didn't get what he wanted. So eventually the studio gave in. And while filming that sequence, both Mike Myers and Dana Carvey developed severe pain in their necks from all the headbanging. (laughs) And you can tell in scenes that are later on in the movie, they're trying to move their necks as little as possible because they're in tons of pain. Wow. They really committed. They did. And also, I remember we mentioned this previously They did take after take after take of that scene to where they were sick of doing that. That's probably part of it. They were Mm -hmm. probably in pain. And I found out this isn't about either of them, but when Rob Lowe is pitching the arcade sponsorship to Wayne and Garth, he says, I put a show in for him and he literally jumped out of his seat. Which would later become his catchphrase on Parks and Rec. Yes. Okay. I did have to get some guys on here. All right. (laughs) I chose Trent and Mike. From Swingers. And all the other guys too, but Vince Vaughn and John Favreau, 1996. Trent was the ultimate hype man. <laughs> like, Mike was in a dark place after his breakup and he was struggling in his career. And everybody needs a friend that tells you. Right. You're, right. so, you're so money and you don't even know it. That's what I keep trying to tell you. So Could you not mess with me right now? All right. Next up for me, Tyler Durden and the narrator, otherwise known as Jack. <laughs> 
Fight Club, 1999. Brad Pitt and Edward Norton. You know that I love this movie. Yes. We've covered this previously. It's one of my favorites. So Jack's best friend is Tyler, who also happens to be a figment of his imagination. Mm Mm-hmm. But these are friends that can punch each other in the face and have a beer afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> That's true friendship. So in the scene where Jack is sitting on the toilet with his pants down reading the Ikea catalog, Edward Norton is actually completely nude from the waist down. Norton talks about it on the DVD commentary, and he's on there with David Fincher. And Fincher didn't know that. He's like, really? And Norton says, did you notice I never had to go to the bathroom that day? <laughs> <laughs> Also, following the film's release, several fight clubs were reported to have started in the U.S. There was a gentleman's fight club that started in California in 2000, which had members mostly from the high-tech industry. Hmm. I never came across any of them, but I probably would have given it a shot until I got punched (laughs) in the face and then I would have quit. I just love that scene where Edward Norton actually punches Brad Pitt in the ear. Mother. Me in the ear. Well, Jesus, I'm sorry. Ow! Why the ear, man? Oh, I it up. Kinda. Oh, that was perfect. Hopefully, they remain friends after that. They did remain friends. That's how good of friends they are. <laughs> All right. So next, I chose Julianne and Michael slash George from My Best Friend's Wedding. Ready? Okay. Wishing and hoping and thinking and praying. Each night of his job. Played by Julia Roberts, Dermot Moroney, and Rupert Everett. And I say slash because it starts out with Julianne and Michael have been best friends forever. And they had an agreement that if they turned 28 and they weren't married, which is so funny because now that seems so young yeah. to get married. But if they had reached 28, they would marry each other. And they were getting ready to turn 28. George is Julianne's new best friend. And they live in the same town when Julianne gets a call from Michael and she thinks that that's why he's calling to say like you know what I'm gonna say you Mm -hmm. know that kind of thing it's that time and he tells her that he's getting married oh so this makes her feel all kinds of things and they're doing it quickly they want her to be in it you know you have to come so she flies to Chicago and she pretty quickly decides that she's going to stop this wedding Mm -hmm. you've got George who is like the voice of reason telling her, you can't do this. And eventually he comes there (laughs) to stop her from stopping the wedding. (laughs) And she immediately spins it where she's saying that they're engaged to each other, which he's gay. So obviously that wouldn't be a thing, but nobody else knows that. And at the end of the day, Michael and Kimmy end up getting married anyway. She comes to terms with it. She's there for him as a friend. When they leave the wedding and she's still there, she's sitting at a table by herself. You know, people are dancing and, you know, how weddings are. And she gets a phone call and it's George because he's not there for the wedding. And it's that moment where he's on the phone and then all of a sudden the music changes and it's Say a Little Prayer for You, which is a song he had previously led the entire wedding party in a sing-along at dinner one day. And he just kind of leads her to where she realizes that he's there. Mm-hmm. And he's saying, you know, they still have friendship. They still have each other and they dance and laugh. And that's how it ends. And it's just great. Maybe there won't be marriage. Maybe there won't be sex. 
by God. Dancing. A good one. All right, next up for me, Mike Lowry and Marcus Bennett from Bad Boys. I'm a bad boy. Bad boys, bad boys. What you gonna do? What you gonna do? 1995, Will Smith and Martin Lawrence. So Marcus is a family man, while Mike is just a ladies man. He's single. <laughs> he's living that life. They're both policemen in Miami, and they have 72 hours to get back a bunch of drugs that were stolen from the precinct. But to do this, they have to pretend to be each other in order to get the assistance of one of the sole witnesses to a murder, which ties in with all this. So it's fun to see the two of them act like one another. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, Mike has to interact with Marcus's family and it kind of impacts their friendship a little bit, but in a funny way. So it's really fun just to see their interactions as they're pretending to be each other. What I didn't know was this was the directorial debut of Michael Bay. This was his oh, really? first movie. Yeah. And the two leads were originally intended for Eddie Murphy and Wesley Snipes. Wow. And I don't know if you remember it, but there's a scene where a clerk puts a gun to the heads of both Marcus and Mike. Mm -hmm. That whole scene was improvised when he's like, Freeze, mother <laughs> <laughs> and then they both pull their guns on him and he's like, you freeze. Now back up, put the gun down. And give me a pack of tropical fruit bubblicious and some Skittles. This whole scene was improvised, which is great. Yeah. All right. My next one is Beta and Thomas J from My Girl. Oh. I guess you said what can make me feel this way, my girl. Just such a sweet friendship. They're kids. Anna Klumsky and Macaulay Culkin. I love when she says to him, you know, because the girls tease her and she says to him, I only surround myself with people who I find intellectually stimulating. <laughs> and when she's running away and she says, I'm moving to Hollywood to live with the Brady Bunch. And Thomas says, I want to live with them, too. She says, no, you can't. They have enough kids. You'll have to live with the Partridge family. <laughs> <laughs> it's obviously it takes place in the 70s. I watched the trailer and it still blows my mind because there is not one single clue that this is going to be anything remotely sad. Yeah. And boy, does it get sad. It is tragic. Absolutely tragic. Like and it's out of nowhere. Very rare to have any kind of movie where a child dies. Yeah. That's just like too sensitive of a topic. Yep. And they did it. And it's Macaulay Culkin, who was America's kid at the mm -hmm. time. <laughs> and they took him from us. It's insane. Very but sad. I love their little friendship. And it's a great movie. It's a great movie. I mean, I sobbed my eyes out. Mm -hmm. I didn't. It was just dusty. Do you have a soul? Do you have a heart? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Final one for me. Woody and Buzz. Aww. Toy Story, 1995. You've got a friend in me. You've got a friend in me. When the road looks rough ahead in your miles and miles. Now, originally, these two were rivals because Buzz had became Andy's favorite toy. So Woody was jealous. Mm -hmm. But they kind of get over that. Woody helps Buzz cope with the fact that he's actually a toy because he doesn't know that at first. <laughs> and Woody also saves Buzz from Sid. Sid was the one that would take toys and, like, take their parts and put them on other parts. And, you know, he was just basically destroying toys and combining them into something else. So... Woody saves Buzz from him, and that's where their friendship is actually born. 
and they have to work together to both reunite with Andy. Hmm. So this was the first animated film to ever be nominated for a best screenplay in the Oscars. I don't think it won, though. I also found out Billy Crystal was offered the chance to voice Buzz Lightyear, but he declined. And he later said that was one of the worst decisions he'd ever made. (laughs) Now, upon learning this, John Lasseter, who is a director, called him to offer him the role of Mike Wazowski in Monsters, Inc. Billy's wife answered the phone and said... Hey, John Lasseter wants to speak with you. Billy walked over to her, took the telephone from his wife and just said, yes. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. And what attracted Tom Hanks to the role of Woody was that when he was a kid, he wondered if his toys were alive and if they moved around the room when nobody was around. So I thought that was pretty cute. That is cute. Okay, my last one. It's hi, Gladdy Joe, Anna. Mariana, M, Sophia, and Constance from How to Make an American Quilt in 1995. Ah, one I've never seen. (laughs) It is another one that has the now and then vibes. So we see this group of women, some middle-aged, some elderly. They get together and they quilt. Winona Ryder's character, Finn, is writing about them. One of them's her grandmother. But we learn about all of these women and their stories through flashbacks. So we see the younger versions of them. All really deep, heartwarming, heartbreaking stories and how they kind of intertwine with each other. And some of them have really complicated relationships, but they still come together and quilt. And it kind of seems like a form of therapy for them. Mm-hmm. And this had so many people in it, but most notably Anne Bancroft, Ellen Bernstein, Alfre Woodard, Maya Angelou, and Lois Smith. Just a great movie. It also makes me think of my mom because she always loved this movie. Do you have any HMs? I do. I've got one. Oh. It is Vincent Vega and Jules Winfield from Pulp Fiction. It was a teenage wedding and the old folks wished them well. You could see that Pierre did truly love the mademoiselle. And now the young monsieur and madame. Ah. 1994, played by John Travolta and Samuel L. Jackson. And of course, they're both hitmen who have to go retrieve a suitcase that has been stolen from their employer, Marcellus Wallace. And Vincent also has to take Wallace's wife, Mia, out a few days later when Wallace is going to be out of town. But these two are always doing something dangerous with one another and having great conversation while doing it. So I really love the interplay between the two of them. Mm -hmm. No matter what's going on, it's usually with guns pointed at someone or something dangerous happening in the background. <laughs> or eating a Royale with cheese. A Royale with cheese. What do they call it? They call it uh, a Royale with cheese. Royale with cheese. So I had three HMs. Whoa. But I'm not going to dig too deeply into them. Okay. I had Doris and May from A League of Their Own, 1992, Rosie O'Donnell and Madonna. Yeah. I really loved that because they became best friends. While filming, and I don't know if they're still best friends today, but I know that they were for many, many years. Mm-hmm. Then it's Leilana, Vicky, and Sammy from Reality Bites, 1994, played by Winona Ryder, Janine Garofalo, and Steve Zahn. My favorite scene of theirs, and kind of a favorite scene in in the 90s or almost any movie. I love when they're in the convenience store and My Sharona starts to play, and Vicky has him turn it up, and the three of them just. Where they just like break out into dance and it's just a super fun scene. It is. And you've got the cashier and Ethan Hawke's character, Troy, are just staring at them like, <laughs> like make, what are you doing? Make it stop. 
And then my last one is Annie and Becky from Sleepless in Seattle, another Rosie O'Donnell character with Meg Ryan, 1993. I just like that Becky is that friend that is there to snap you back into reality because a line that she says, you know, because Annie's always watching an affair to remember and thinks that every love story should be like that. And Becky's like, that's your problem. You don't want to be in love. You want to be in love in a movie, which is kind of funny seeing that they're in a movie. And that's it. Well, those were two good lists. I thought so. It's funny when you start looking at things and you're like, oh, I forgot about them. Mm. I forgot about them. There's still plenty of people I left off of here that on a different day, I would have chosen them. More HMs. (laughs) (laughs) I figure we have to end the episode eventually. So yeah, you can find us on Instagram at we don't want to grow up pod. You can find us on Facebook at we don't want to grow up podcast. We're on TikTok at we don't want to grow up. You can email us at we don't want to grow up pod at gmail.com. And you can come support us by joining our Patreon at patreon.com slash we don't want to grow up. There you can donate $4 or more per month and gain access to bonus episodes. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe, download, listen, rate, five stars. Give us a super sweet review. All of that helps us so much. We just really appreciate it. See you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye.